0: All right, um, I'm gonna jump right into it. Um, we're gonna talk, like it's been said, about singleness, dating, and attraction. Um, attraction or beauty. So let's talk first about singleness. There might be some times for like a little bit of like um, like questions, but don't hold me to that. I might uh, just roll right through it, and then you know we got our life to live for questions and stuff, so um, we'll see. Winston has a lot of questions. Um. First thing I want to say before we get rolling is just a little like clarification um, if it's needed. Most of you probably already know this, but clarification may be like a little bit of like a spoiler. We're not like getting together to talk about and I'm certainly not presenting to you like the uh, plan on how you get married or like the directions on how to get you married if you're not married. It's just not what we're talking about. What we do want to talk about is... How somebody who calls themselves a believer of Jesus ought to see and steward these areas of life. So, do you call yourself a believer of Jesus? If you do, yeah. raise your hand. I do. Yeah. It's always helpful to clarify, you know, just to make sure. If you don't, then here with like you know, I just here and sweat a little bit and have a good time and <laughs> just and laugh at us for being weird. But the reality is, is like if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. There is so much about the way that the kingdom operates and the way that the spirit uh, leads his people. That is just so different, Uh, like difference, like too small of a word almost to describe this, but like so different than the way of the world. And it's important that we lean into the word and we lean into what the word has to say now. um, And this would be like a topic for probably another time for sure. When we talk about leaning into the word and what it has to say, the word talks about singleness one time. Like explicitly, so it's like, and that one time is Paul saying, Yep, wish everybody was single just like me. And that's the only time it talks about singleness, and so you know, that's a pretty short, short like you know, meeting. It's like, How about that? You know, and he's like going through it, but when we talk about leaning in on the word, and this is just kind of like good practice with the scriptures, we're probably going to take like a Sunday or two coming soon to talk about how we're to like approach the the scriptures, how Paul talks about how we're to handle the scriptures. One of the ways that we can mishandle them is to uh, take a topic like singleness, ask the question, what does the Bible have to say about it? And then just take one verse and try to like bring that into our life as like an instruction manual. And we end up treating the scriptures. We end up deducing them to some sort of instruction manual, which they are not. What they are uh, is wisdom from above. If it was like, uh, and this metaphor certainly would break down some way, but what the scriptures are is like if it was like a museum of unbelievable artifacts and stories uh, and legendary pieces of artwork and just all kinds of amazing things that brings you into an encounter and to an understanding or to like a deeper sense of desire to understand something more and to see into the depths of this thing that's beautiful. That's what the scriptures are. It's kind of like opening up like this like realm of wisdom that lives only with Christ mm-hmm. in his kingdom. Uh, the beginning of Corinthians, it talks about how in Christ is all wisdom, righteousness, um, and justification depending on your translation. But It talks about wisdom is with Christ. And so I just want to take a second and just like, yeah. okay, before we jump into talking about singleness, dating, and, attraction, or beauty, Really like consider whether you think all wisdom is with the Lord. Um, I wrote a couple of things about this that I think are important In, in all areas of life. And maybe especially here, we need wisdom and not a list of right and wrongs. I think a lot of trouble comes into dating when people try to invent rights and wrongs. And a lot of weirdness comes into like seasons like singleness or things like beauty and attraction. When people try to list out right and wrongs. It's not that the scriptures don't have like instruction for us. It's that when we treat the scriptures as such, we rob them of the real depth of wisdom. And we're to have a higher honor for the words, for the word. Um, more importantly, like a heart that desires wisdom will find it. This was one of the best things I learned, uh, best things, uh, most impactful things. Um, I learned when I started following Jesus because I just like read Proverbs and it says this in Proverbs like a good times in a good ways that if you want wisdom, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it. says things like, if you want wisdom, it cries aloud in the streets. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's good for me, you know, yeah. good for you. And so like a heart that wants wisdom will get it. A heart that wants like lists and rights and wrongs. I mean, you will not get that tonight and you will not get that from the word. And if you do think you get that from the word, you'll get wildly confused and yeah. You just be like frustrated with the word because you're looking for right and wrongs. More specifically, a heart that desires wisdom is free from trying to get somewhere, which is really important when we talk about singleness. A heart that desires wisdom is entirely free of trying to like get somewhere or arrive somewhere. Only in Christ can I be complete. So Colossians two says that I am complete in Christ. That word complete means lacking absolutely nothing. It's the literal definition. So that's, again, either like, we got to reconcile with it. When when that like really takes root in my heart, when that like truth takes root in my heart, what happens is my heart doesn't stop searching for wisdom. It actually like desires wisdom in a greater degree without the like uh, trouble of trying to figure out what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so then the spirit can teach me through his word, through his people, through his kingdom, through his, Uh, Body, what it looks like to walk in a wise way when it comes to something like singleness that has, you know, one verse in the middle of a rebuke in Corinthians. You know, it's just like, (laughs) how do we do this, right? Um, A heart that desires wisdom flows from someone who has arrived at the pinnacle of being loved by God. And that sounds really fancy and poetic, but like truly, like, (laughs) you know, Singleness and like marriage is like, it seems like like marriage, singleness, and uh, like, you know, um, just trying to be in some kind of relationship and then money are like two of the places where I feel like people just like are totally unaware that they're totally setting aside what they say they believe and the way that they operate in those areas. As, uh, we're talking again, just to clarify, I'm probably going to clarify this like a thousand times. We're talking about people who call themselves believers. I'm talking about whoever else. But like, I call myself a believer, you call yourself a believer. And for the first like couple of years of following Jesus, when it came to money and it came to dating, I acted like I was so incomplete and so in need of someone and something. And it crushed me in so many different ways, which we'll laugh about here in a little bit. Um, Cause I got some fun stories. Um, a heart that desires right and wrong is trying to get somewhere. This is just good, like sonship reality of your righteousness. As a son and daughter of God, you've been, again, given the highest seat of honor, which is being the beloved of God. And so you no longer are trying to get somewhere if you say you believe in the Lord. You've arrived. Because he has arrived in your heart by faith. So you have literally arrived at your complete state of being whole in Christ. This is, it's good. It's amazing. This is the foundation we need. This is a foundation I like so desperately wish I would have had before trying to date anybody. I had it. I just wasn't aware of it. Um, The fear of the Lord. I promise we're going to get to singleness. Just some opening things here that are more important than me talking about singleness. Um, The fear of the Lord, according to the scriptures, is the beginning of all wisdom. In other words, so Christ has all wisdom and his kingdom has all wisdom, the beginning of that or the entrance way into that, the only way I like actually uh, have continual access of that is through my heart living in a place of fear of the Lord. Like true, humble submission, all my ways, all my thoughts, all my opinions, (laughs) just put aside. I'm telling you, like if I would have, it sounds like it has nothing to do with like dating, singleness, all that kind of stuff. It has everything to do with it. Because when I went into dating, after I met Jesus, before I met Jesus, it was just a total bonehead when it came to that whole realm of life, as anybody is. Not as anybody. I especially was. Um, Some people are great, you know, whatever. Um, But I started following Jesus, and what I I brought into following Jesus was like um, a mixture of like my ways and his ways in all areas of life, or in most areas of life. Just, you know, honestly, I was just ignorant. I didn't know any better. And, you know, in that time I didn't really, I wasn't like under any consistent discipleship. We were all just kind of like in the group that I was around, we were all just kind of following Jesus together. So I didn't really know like exact, I was not discipled in the way to do things like how to uh, really steward my single years and how to date a woman when you're in the Lord. Um, And so I just, you know, mixed my ways and following Jesus. And it was not a good mix. It was just chaos, confusion, people getting hurt, me getting confused, all kinds of weird stuff, as most of you have experienced in some way, shape or form. Last question or last little thing before we get into a little bit of uh, specifically talking about singleness. Um, have you, the way the scriptures talks about it is have you been ravished by his love?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ravished is an intense word. And it's the word that Song of Songs uses, you know, First time I read that it truthfully, as honest as I can be, made it made me super uncomfortable. Because when I went and looked up the definition of ravish, it made me even more uncomfortable. And I was like, mm, must be thinking about this wrong. But the beauty, in my opinion, and from everything that I've ever like studied in the scriptures about the Song of Songs, is it about is it about it is about Christ and his church, the pure, un-like filtered unbelievably holy love that he has for his church and his desire to be unbelievably intertwined with his bride to know his bride and to know the deepest parts of his bride um the reason that was hard for me that's not that's it was hard because I, my mind was still not renewed in some areas of like I was my mind was unrenewed in terms of like functioning in the way of the world in a lot of ways. And so the thought of somebody wanting to know me, I could only hear that through somebody wanting to know me for their own benefit rather than somebody wanting to know me just because they love me and they want to know me. That was like, I mean, to all of us, doesn't matter if you like grew up even in a great home, what, what sin did to your mind was it made your mind think that that is an impossibility mm-hmm. that you are only good for, because this is the nature of sin, that you are only good for what someone or something can get out of you. Yeah. So if that's pleasure, if that's enjoyment, if that's recognition, if that's reputation, that's like the, the impure love that I knew about that all of us knew about. That's the only thing I knew about. Even if you had parents that tried their best, that's what you knew about because sin had tarnished our minds. And so I needed to be, as you do, ravished by his love. I needed that to get like deep inside of me for him to just know every part of me. And for me to, from that place, know that I am seen as holy, pure, and beloved. And what that did was it created, even into marriage, what it did for Baker and I is it created a healthy honor and respect for who my spouse would be instead of expecting her to do what only Christ can do for me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so singleness, like I said, talked about once explicitly in the scriptures and it's not a joke, it is a gift. So I don't have like bullet point you know things right now or anything like that but if there was one thing if there was literally one thing you need to know like absolutely in my opinion need to know according to the word according to like the kingdom of heaven about singleness is you need to know it is a gift yeah. it is a 100% unbelievable unique beautiful so powerful gift and um the the Having a child, gift. Being married, gift. We think when, we're, when our heart is searching for right and wrongs, we think in terms of is it this or that? Yeah. So is it being single or is it being married? Which one's better? Yeah. And God doesn't think that way. Mm-hmm. God says, single, gift. Married, gift. Widowed, mm-hmm. gift. Everything, gift, because he has the ability to be with you in every season of life. This is where the fear of the Lord comes in. If I know that my life is not about me, sounds great to sing, right? Mm -hmm. When I start to get like, you know, as I did, I was wildly insecure about being single, like so insecure. Wouldn't have ever said that to a group of people when I was insecure about it. So I get not wanting to say it, but I was so insecure about it. I was like, "Gotta have a girlfriend. Gotta have a girlfriend. Seems like I gotta have a girlfriend." All these Christian people—they have wives. I gotta get a girlfriend. I'm not, you know, I'm not anything, but I don't have a girlfriend. And so I go try to date people just because you know I was insecure. And dated one girl, lasted two months. I was horrible to her. We never communicated. She was like, "Are you sure you want to date me?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think so." And that was basically like the, like Nate, yeah, you guys were like, Whoa. it's tough. It gets worse. So don't worry about it. Um, and I like literally was so, I, I couldn't think about how today because I was so insecure. I like, wasn't it? I was just trying to complete me. Okay. Just terrible. When, so we broke up after two months. And she didn't talk to me for a while and that was not good. And then, you know, she's, she's awesome. She was much holier than I was, which is why we dated two months because she was like, this is stupid. Um, we'll get to that here in a little bit too. Um, then I dated another girl because I was still insecure and the Lord hadn't ravished me, hadn't loved, I hadn't let him love me um, in these areas of my heart. I <coughs> dated another girl and we like just sinned sexually. Like it was just totally flesh. It was, like, so, uh, like, we didn't, I mean, we we didn't, like, really share, like, any experience. It was just, like, purely, like, insecurity meets insecurity and sexual immorality over and over and over again. And I was so full of shame because I had been following Jesus for a little bit. And I was, like, this is, like, I knew, you know, you know what it's like when you get convicted about anything, sexual immorality, talking about someone poorly, whatever it is, and you're, like, convicted. I remember waking up. I used to live with Evan Chastain, for those of you who know him, Evan Chastain and Tyler Oh uh, gosh, what's his name? Doesn't matter because you don't Tyler know. King. There you go, Tyler King. And um, yeah. I woke up one morning and I physically, you know, the night before, uh, me and my girlfriend we had sinned, and I woke up the next morning and I literally felt like I was going to throw up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I like I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. I don't know because again, I'm like baby Christian, like maybe a year into dating, already dated two girls, silly. And you know, I'm like waking up the next morning and I'm like so convicted, so. We end up not dating, but then we do the weird, like still talking thing, you know, whatever that even means anymore. And so we're still talking and hanging out. And then finally I get, I was serving at that time within fuse and I was, we were continuing to like sin. And so I go and tell my leader, um, and he sits me down, Stephen Dickey, Joseph knows him a wonderful, wonderful guy. do you remember Steven, Josh, you probably do too. Sit, he sits me down. Uh, I tell him I confess the sin because I was like, I think I'm supposed to do this. Supposed to tell you about like this kind of stuff that goes on in my life. Cause I don't, I mean, I feel like trash. I just need to tell somebody. I'm sure it was so awkward and I just sounded weird. He was like, yeah, that's great, man. I love you so much. You're not going to be able to serve for two months. You're going to be put on uh, like a, a form of discipline so you can really let the Lord love you. And I was like, what? I was like, I thought I was supposed to do what is going on. You know, like this is weird kind of deal. And it was so, I didn't know it at the time. That was so good for my heart. Um, and year later, still didn't really learn my lesson. Um, I learned it like from a sexual standpoint. Like I was just kind of like scared to be honest with you. I was like, I just don't, I just do not, this is good. This is the fear of the Lord in me. I was like, I didn't, I don't want to feel like that again. Yeah. I just don't want to feel like just horrible. But I went and, you know, this is just kind of like code of conduct. Uh, I think in the kingdom, code of conduct is not the best word, but this is a terrible way to, uh, a terrible environment to have where you are like people are freely talking about who you should date and who someone else should date. Terrible. Just horrible. Not good. And you could ask about it later, but horrible. It was horrible for my heart. And so I would just be like, people would be like, yeah, you should date this person. You should date this person. And, you know, baby Christian me. I'm like, yeah, sure. Still super insecure. So I'm like, yeah, I need you to tell me what to do. So sure, I'm gonna go date her. And so I go like I no prayer, no nothing, no considering it. It's just like, well that person and that person and that person said I should date this person. So I mean, you know, she's beautiful, she loves Jesus, they they're cool, they love Jesus, so why not? So I go date another woman. We get two months into dating, and she proposes we go see her family. And I should have not been dating, but (laughs) (laughs) So just to know just because you still responsibilities on my end here for sure. But then we probably should not have been going to see her family two months in, like that's a little, you know screams a good bit of commitment, like you know? The country. Yeah, yeah, we're flying. Yeah, we're not just like going over to a dinner. That's a good point. We're flying to Pittsburgh. Shout out to Pittsburgh. Loved Pittsburgh. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's a very good point. Two months in and she's like, she's like, let's go like take this trip. We fly up to Pittsburgh and I'm like, this is not gonna be good. So we get up to Pittsburgh. Um, I've told some of y'all this before, but I think it's just good for you to know about like not a single person uh, except for Connor and Liz does it perfectly, you know what I mean? And so the I we get up to Pittsburgh and then we get <laughs> we get we get back I can only see Connor's teeth right now.
1: <laughs> he's
0: got black on and he's tan and he's <laughs> We get up to we get up to pittsburgh and then we're we're there for a couple of days we went to a hockey game which was awesome love hockey in case you didn't know that about me favorite sport besides soccer anyways we're on the way back and it goes through my mind i'm like okay i like kind of similar to when i was like sitting within the last girl i was dating i like felt like convicted i was like this just does not need to continue and i felt so awkward because we were driving back from the airport and I was like, this is probably not the right time to say that. But I was like doing the like in my head thing. Like, when do I start talking to her about this? How do I talk about this? I've never had to break up with a girl that loves Jesus. I don't want to make her mad. I used to just not talk to girls if I didn't want to talk to them. I know I can't do that. And so, you know, we're in the car. So this is going through my mind. Like, keep in mind, I'm like we need to not date. She starts talking. The next thing that came out of my mouth, I know where I was on Interstate IA, like, I85. I, the oh, next God. thing that came out of my mouth was, yeah, I think I love you. And I was like,
1: Wait, not... <laughs> and I
0: literally, like, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, do you know there's, like, moments where you want to, like, like I'm driving. I'm like, I want to just open the door and just like, exit. I, I, like, don't know what happened. <laughs> Looking back on it now, I know exactly what happened. I was so insecure and insecurity just comes right on out. And so I was just like, what, like any and you know, whatever. And so I tell her like, I think I love you, which is not how men, you tell somebody, a woman that you love them, by the way, you don't say, I think I love you in a car ride. If you've done that, there's grace to repent. <laughs> um, or I don't know anyways. Maybe it worked out for you. I don't know. Um, didn't for me. Um, so <laughs> to make it worse, we get home, I drop her off in like her deal in Anderson, like her apartment, I go stay the night with my friend in Anderson, kind of tell him, he like saw what was going on on me. It was Riley and Dalton. They're like, are you, are you good? I'm like, no man, I don't know what to do. I just told this girl I love her and I think I'm supposed to not date her. And they looked at me and they're like, what? <laughs> and it, they gave me like some good advice. Basically, this is going to stink, but you need to actually go like, let her know that you don't want to date. So I go the next day and yeah, it was terrible. She was super mad at me for like a long time as she should have been because it was terrible. Shelby Coon, y'all know Shelby Coon? Yeah. Shelby was really good friends with this girl. The next time I saw Shelby, she was so mad at me. She was like, you're awful. And I was like, you're exactly right. You know, I need you Shelby, thank you. You're exactly right. I should not have said I love you. She like, why would you do that? I was like, I don't know, Shelby. I'm trying to figure this out. Making, I remember where we were in the freaking back hallway at New Spring coming out of the green room and Shelby just b-bops around the corner. It's like, you're awful. I'm
1: like, yeah. She should have said it, seriously. though.
0: She's, she was she was warranted. Shelby doesn't hold back. But anyways, I go and break up with her. And after that, I just basically was like, God, what in the heck is dating? Like, what is it supposed to be like? How is this supposed to, to, to work? And I want to get into dating here in a second. But I want to... Uh, Of testify of what the Lord like spoke to, we're going to get like practical about dating, but I want to testify about like what the Lord spoke into my heart when it came to singleness. Um, He took me to Genesis, we don't have to go there right now. Very simple story when when God made Eve, when God formed Eve, He formed Eve from Adam. Does anybody happen to know what Adam was doing when the Lord formed Eve? Hard question Adam was sleeping, wow.
1: <laughs>
0: this is a That's good. That's good. Y'all read your Bibles. Um, I was like totally expecting it to be like, mm, i like, sleeping. I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe the Lord's been talking to y'all about this too. Okay, um, so Adam was sleeping, and I was like, was in that season. I was like, God, I don't want to do this weird dating thing anymore. Like, just help me out here. This is just, I don't want to do this anymore. I need to know how to date a woman. He was like showed me this story, and Adam, and Eve, and he was like, you need to fall asleep. And I was like, asking for dating advice, God. That's sleeping advice. I sleep pretty good here, you know? Marion was great. Actually, it wasn't at Marion that time. it was in Irma with Grant Clayton. Um, what a guy. So, basically, one of the things that I want to, like, really, like, zero in with singleness is, one, it's a gift. I know, that's kind of like a letdown. It's like... It can feel like a letdown, but I need you to know it's a, if you say you serve the Lord, it's a gift. If you don't know the Lord and you don't serve the Lord, absolutely, it's horrible. It sucks. You feel alone, all that kind of stuff. But if you say you serve the Lord, a season of singleness is a gift. And you can say something is a gift while at the same time longing for that season to come to an end one day. Like that doesn't have to be, it's not opposites. You can have a desire to be married while calling singleness authentically, not hypocritically, not acting like it's a gift because you know, because I'm saying it's a gift, but you coming to a place in your heart where you actually believe, wow, this is a gift. I get to, let's just take these ladies who live here right now, all single, um, like single. Okay. When I say single, I mean not married. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. living in this living in this home together living in this home together do you understand just put you guys um um not blast that's not the right word but on the spotlight here we go on the, on the spot there you go thank you sophie um how much of a how much of a unbelievable work for the kingdom of heaven and how much joy can be had in this house if all of you women see this season of life this season of singleness if you want to call it a season i don't like the word season because it gets used for literally everything but like it's actually appropriate here if you see this season of singleness as a gift and something like genuinely authentically see it as a gift i'm not talking about again there is grace for you to hear me say that and not quite be there right now like don't just be like yo greg said it's a gift so gift It's like, that makes me nauseous to think that you would operate like that. I say it's a gift so that you would go, let the Lord ravish your heart, and you would come under the reality that, yes, oh my gosh, this is a gift. I see now the way that the kingdom sees that I'm single right now. I'm never going to have this much time. I'm never going to be able to think about only my time ever again. Ever again. Not once. And that's for your good that when you get married, you won't think about your time anymore. Only your time. But listen, there is so much the amount of like people that can be in this home coming to know the Lord, coming to hear the Lord, coming to see how you as a young woman operate in a security and a peace and a joy and an authenticity that no other single woman they know operates in needed. You want to know somebody, a man who's steward singleness so well, Joseph Mons, so well, every single season seemingly as a gift. But, like, if you see singleness as a gift, which is what Paul literally in, in Corinthians is like, yeah, 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 for the married people do this, married people do this, you do this. But, look, listen, I wish all of you guys were as me. Paul was single. He was like, I wish all of you guys were as me. And then he just moves on. It's the only thing he says about singleness. <laughs> so singleness is a gift. Um. What if you saw singleness as a unique opportunity to serve the Lord? There's so many of you guys who already do this so well, but I feel like the Lord wants to take it so much deeper. And I I want to challenge, not because I don't think it's authentic in you, but I want to challenge whether or not you're playing the hypocrite there or not. Whether you're acting like it's a gift, but you don't believe it's a gift. And it's so good to let that be confronted because if you don't believe it's a gift, you get in the secret place and let the Lord just ravish your heart and then you'll see it as a gift. I promise you. But what if you saw singleness as a unique opportunity to serve the Lord? Um, Here is like the action I think is required of us as men and women. Different action, I I believe, according to the word and according to the wisdom of the word. For men, I think we're to learn how to rest in the Lord. Adam was asleep. I did not need to be dating the first several years of following Jesus. I wish somebody would have looked at me and said, just don't think about dating. Just don't worry about it. Just let the Lord love you similar to like how we're not to really, the scriptures encourage us not to lead, like a new convert not to lead, lest they be ensnared by the devil. You step into a place of leadership when you're dating as a man. You influence, you're not there, the woman's leader yet, but you are influencing by way of example in, that, in the form of that relationship, you are influencing by way of example. And so it's important that you don't run hastily into dating like I did. Just super, just also just from experience, just don't do it. I've never seen somebody meet the Lord, go right into dating and it worked out great. Not once. Not a single time. So men, we've got to learn how to rest in the Lord, become at rest in the Lord, become satisfied in the Lord, asleep in the Lord, so to speak. Ladies, we need to let him, the Lord, him, be who he wants to be to you. Do you notice that the Lord took Eve? He formed Eve, took Eve and brought Eve to Adam. It's a lot of Eve being out of control. Matter of fact, uh, Eve was in zero bit of control. So what tends to be the most uncomfortable thing about singleness, male or female, for sure. But a lot of times, for whatever reason, what tends to be the most uncomfortable thing about singleness is not that you're single. It's what it kicks up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's like, I really hate being out of control. And you don't, you might not know it, it's that until somebody asks you or the spirit asks you or, you know, Connor just comes bebopping around and asks you that question. And it's like, who are you? Why did you just do that? You know? And it's like, but that's true. You just asked me about it. that really is what's going on inside of me. Right. And so a lot of times it's not like, okay, I'm single and all my friends are dating or whatever and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, it's something for another day, but that's just a little silly. Um, it's that it kicks up things like I'm incomplete, I'm insecure. And what we do with those things that kick up, like whenever I was insecure, I stuffed that down. <laughs> I was so good at stuffing it down. I mean, people definitely knew I was insecure, but I thought I was really good at stuffing it down. You know, I was like, no, I, nobody knows I'm good. I'm super confident, but it was, really, I was so insecure. And what needed to happen was I needed to let that insecurity come out and bring it to the light with the Lord and let him love me. I didn't need to pretend it wasn't there. No, I shouldn't have it. I need to let him love me in that area of life. And so when we talk about like things like, Oh, like it's maybe a little bit difficult to realize and embrace the fact that you're not in control women or men, you need to be at rest in the Lord. You don't have to go and make this thing happen in your own strength. That will, if you are all honest and authentic, that will kick up all kinds of junk. Like, wow, I really like being in control and that's not the way I'm called to operate. You know? Um, Here's a couple of things. What has quenched the spirit in our lives and our ability to see relationships purely? And these are really practical, really important. Your uh, house church leaders can give you more, uh, pra- like can walk this out with you a little bit um, in, in a lot of different ways because we just don't have in a, in a group this big enough time to kind of get into the, the weeds of these things and ask a lot of questions about them. What has quenched the spirit in our lives and our ability to see relationships purely? The first thing is sexual perversion. Sexual perversion is the deceit of the devils that makes beauty about what I can get from it.
1: Um,
0: what else so that like if that's in my mind, you know uh, gosh, I just it's hard like when I was trying to date it was so hard to see the relationship in an honoring and respectful way because what was just going on up here was like my mind was so confused of like, cause I was programmed to think according to sexual perversion because that was like my old nature. And so it was like, what can I get out of this? 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 Out of this? And it's like, they're only great as long as they benefit me. What else quenches the spirit in our lives and our ability to see relationships purely entitlement, the thought process that I'm owed things. A good picture of entitlement, by the way, I meant meant to mention this this morning, is the older brother in Luke 15, Mm -hmm. given everything that the father has, yet finding himself upset because God didn't throw him, or his father didn't throw him that party. He's like, and the father's like, what, you have everything. He's like, yeah, but you never did that for me. Mm. That's entitlement. He has everything already. Remember, you're complete already. What entitlement does is it like tries to bear witness to your heart that you actually don't have everything that you say you have. And then you start complaining. You start saying things sarcastically like, well, all my friends are married. And listen, I'm not trying to joke around about that or like, you know, land blast or anything, but you got to like, you got to watch what comes out of your mouth because what you do, what comes out of here brings about this way of thinking. And then before you know it, it's like, well, I'm just entitled to having a relationship. And so I'm just going to get mad at God because I don't have a relationship it's like, yeah, absolutely. Talk to him about like how that's tough for you and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, sure, no doubt. But, but when we get into a place of entitlement, we start complaining about things or sarcastically joking about things, hundred times out of a hundred is not feeding anything good in our soul. And yeah. so you should watch what comes out of your mouth. Yeah, Covetousness <clears throat> uh, is another thing that quenches the spirit in our lives and our ability to see relationships purely. Covetousness is similar to sexual perversion because it's the deceit of my identity is found in what I have. Some of you guys, like me, wanted to get into relationships because your identity is too centered around what you seem to have, which is a misunderstanding of relationships to begin with. I don't have a woman. Just to clarify, I am to serve a woman. Didn't have that right ahead of time. Thought it was about having a girlfriend. It's like, no, 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 no. In the kingdom, it's like, who am I laying my life down for? And so what covetousness does is like, again, it gives me, it brings about deceit in my mind that my identity is found in what I have. Last thing that quenches the spirit in in this area is selfish ambition. This one sounds not bad, Uh, selfish ambition does, but it explained in terms of dating sounds like you probably have gotten people to give you advice uh, that told you to do this. Selfish ambition in terms of like singleness and dating tries to uh, takes this mindset of like trying to complete me by adding another human to my agenda. That's selfish ambition. In other words, I have this going on in my life. So in my world, I was, a, I, was a, I was a fuse pastor at the time. So like, this is my life. This is what I'm doing. And who, selfish ambition says, this is my agenda. Who can I bring in on my life? And that might practically get worked out that way if and when you get married. But like in my heart, that's not the way I'm to think about it. Why? Because that's not the example of Christ in the church. Um, kind of an important thing to note that our example, overarching example in relationships, marriage is Christ and his church. A self-sacrificing love that would give himself for someone that did not deserve it, showed very uh, little potential, and that didn't really benefit him too much. That's a crazy kind of love. Um, okay, singleness. Any questions? We're like two or three minutes maybe about singleness. I just have to like, you guys get it. Like there's just, we can't go too deep into questions and I really want to talk about the rest of this stuff, dating and traction without all of us, you know, dying in sweat. You're not going to die, you're okay. I feel pretty good. All right. Uh, any questions for singleness? Sweet. Does anybody... Uh, who has trouble seeing it as a gift? All right. Thank you, King Don, for being honest. Jalen, for being honest. Kennedy, keep your hand up if you have trouble seeing it as a gift. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Let the Lord ravish your heart. And for all of us, um, you know, like the reality is, is like this is like... Uh, even even if you're married, this sounds kind of funny to say, even if you're married, that's still like, it's important that you see singleness as a gift. Because here's what happens if you as a married couple don't see singleness as a gift. You walk around with this little stench on you, this little aroma on you that says, mm, I'm married. Yeah. And I promise you, it's stinky. It smells. It's like, God, you're just, you just got married. Like, just, since when were you like, you know... But if you don't see singleness as a gift, as a married person, you'll just you think you just did something to like, you know, I don't know, put a gold star on your Boy Scout belt or whatever. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) But... (laughs) Uh, Um, (laughs) All of us, all of us need to see singleness as a gift, okay? Okay. Okay, let's talk about dating really briefly, more specifically. I know I ben- mentioned it a little bit. I want to kind of like help you understand. The, the word has very little to say about dating, especially because what you consider dating is what didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What like just did not <laughs> exist. Okay, here's what existed. This is just one example of many in the, in the, in the Old Testament. Jacob, you all know Jacob, right? Yeah. Jacob in the Old Testament. You're like, yeah, I know it, Jacob. What do you mean? <laughs> Jacob in the Old Testament, he, uh, who is it? He wanted to go marry Leo, right? Rachel, Rachel. Rachel. sorry, yeah, Leo was, sketchy situation, different culture for sure. Um, Yeah, it's okay, don't worry about it, it's not important. He went and he went, he wanted to go, Rachel was the woman he wanted to be with. And Rachel's dad gave him Leah instead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then he got Rachel. But anyways, what, what dating looked like for Jacob, if we were to equate it, it wasn't called dating, but what, J- what dating looked like was Rachel's dad saying, okay, work this field for seven years. So just imagine, you're like, just take Baker. For-. I'm like, I want to date Baker. So I go to Chuck and I say, hey, Mr. <laughs> Chuck, I want to date Baker. And he's like, be a clerk in my law office for seven years. <laughs> now i would have in that moment gosh i don't know i probably i would have wanted to have done it but it would have been like you know now yeah absolutely knowing what i know about the word but it would be like that's the like reality of like dating is like is is the reality is like when it comes to dating (laughs)
1: thank
0: you thank you it's a good question it's good to consider um when it comes to dating, it's like, we're talking about something that like we invented. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so that has to be considered like this kind of like uh, trial period where you like safeguard against something. It's important that we like notice these things about our heart and our culture, not to say dating isn't important or you shouldn't date. Dating is important. I'm going to tell you why it's important here in a second, but it's just, you know, things are a little different. And so hu- some humility would be good here to know what dating isn't, isn't like shopping. I know that sounds really crass, but if you were to actually consider, what I was doing in those first couple of relationships when I met the Lord, after I met the Lord, was I was shopping what would be good for me. And that's not what dating is. Which is why I did not need to be dating at all. Because I was affecting another human being's heart. And if that just doesn't bother you, you need to have another conversation. That, that, that should, like, oh my gosh, I affect a woman's heart or I affect a man's heart, you know, when we think outside of ourselves, we start thinking about like, okay, what is dating for me? And we start thinking about like, this is going to involve another person, potentially their family and my family, their friends, my friends. Then it's like, okay, let's maybe pump the brakes just a little bit. You know, here's what dating is about. Dating is about love being displayed, tested and strengthened. That's why there would be a period of dating. Is so that love can be displayed. It can be seen if there's love for the other individual, So it can be seen. It can't just be said. You can just drop in and say, I love you, marry me. That's not how it works. Why does it not work that way? Because of Christ and his church. He didn't just come and say, hey, I demand your heart. Give it to me. Did he? Ready to rebuke anybody who said otherwise. No, he literally was just like, he's, he literally is like, okay, I love, you, I, love you, I love you. 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 And he doesn't say that only he more than said it before he even said it displayed it. Yeah. It also is tested. They're like, oh no, we don't need to test things. No, we got to like treat people, you know, this is, I'm going to talk specifically from the lady side of things. Oh, it, you better believe when Luca gets older, she needs to know it's got to be tested. Whoever's trying to date her, whoever's saying they think they love her, it's going to be tested because you don't just say that to my daughter. Right. Same for you. Like you have to understand, but you have to understand that like, This, like, notion, this, like, notion where, like, you as a woman think you're being, like, hard on a man by saying that his love needs to be tested. No, 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 no. Please be hard. Has to be. Like, well, that makes it a little bit harder to find somebody to date. It's like, well, exactly. (laughs) You'll be really happy about that 10 years into marriage. Guys tend to, when that kind of stuff gets talked about, they're like, well, God doesn't love me that way. It's like, what? Yes, he does. He absolutely does. He absolutely disciplines you. And we're not talking about how you get saved right now. We're talking about you dating a woman. Like, yes, absolutely. God didn't save you by being hard on you. But we're not talking about your soul getting saved. We're talking about you stewarding the soul and heart of a woman. So that ought to be tested. Right? It does not need to be flipping and be like, "Well, he's trying his best." Well, his best stinks, and so it needs to end. It's, good. it's just and, and listen, I wish somebody would have told. Maybe they did. Told those girls whenever I was dating them. Well, his best really stinks, sweetie. So move it on. <laughs> like that would have been. I would have been so mad and so butthurt and blah 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 because I was insecure. Yeah. But it was. Oh, that would have been so good. That would have been so good. It's also where love is strengthened. So that's a little bit more, you know, testing is a little bit, but it's also where love is strengthened, where you get like the opportunity to like actually develop a true, authentic friendship before beginning a life together. Again, um, part of what entitlement does is like you, like I'm just speaking directly to guys on this like, because you're the one who is to initiate whether or not you love that woman. You're the one who is to initiate whether or not you love that woman. Um, to just say that and not like expect it to be displayed and strengthened is so unbelievably hypocritical and not like the Lord. It's like, for every, I feel like for every word the Lord says to me, he shows me in like 20 ways. He'll say, I love you. And then it's like, boom, he shows me. Like with all the things around me, the person here, this person that encourages me, the word. I mean, you just like, if you really think about the abundance, the generosity of God, he doesn't just flippantly say things and then just leave it there. He says something and then he shows it in extravagant ways with money, with effort, with energy. So dating is about love being displayed, tested, strengthened. It is the humility to together consider whether or not this is what the Lord has for the two of you. Before you tell someone you love them, men, consider if you have displayed love. Um, okay, how is love displayed in dating? Gents, we'll talk to you first. Here's just a short list. This isn't a comprehensive list. I don't have the book on dating, obviously. I'm just giving you some wisdom from the word and from life of what like, I think uh, this would look like when we're talking about displaying love. For gents, serving the Lord. Um, Ladies, just going to give some disclaimers here. And if this ruffles your feathers, then just yippee. If he isn't serving the Lord, don't date him. What does that mean? He's trying. He's like, well, is he? No. Well, then don't date him. Why? Because if your relationship is about the two of you and he isn't there, it's going to get weird quick. Doesn't matter how good his heart is. It's just going to get weird quick, super weird. Ladies are like, this makes the bar really high. It's like, yes, exactly. You are incredibly worthy. Mm -hmm. Serving the Lord uh, is the first thing as a man I can do in dating to display love for her, praying for her, like actually praying for her, like setting time each day. When Baker and I were dating, something I did, tried to do was morning, noon and night, just put it, you have phones to give a reminder, just morning, noon, and night, just stop and pray. If it's just like, God, I love Baker, great. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like sometimes it was uneventful. Sometimes it, like it just like actually letting your heart be moved for her when she's not around displays love. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very practical one. And again, listen, I know there could be opinions all that kind of stuff, whatever. Um, How love is displayed in dating is you provide for her expenses while you're with her. And if you can't do that, we need to reconsider whether or not dating is a viable option at the moment. What it means for you to one day be the head of the wife, that word head means kefale, or is kefale, it means you are the source of life for her. It is also translated provider. So dating is like Trial run, exercise, love is strengthened. So if we're like talking about dating, but we don't have the ability to actually provide, we need to just in humility wait. Waiting can be hard, I don't know, but wait. If he, if you're, ladies, I mean, gosh darn it. If, he, if you're paying for everything, please, I wanna talk to you after this. And I wanna just unapologetically say, stop. Just stop it, don't do that. But know that like just I make it awkward if you guys go on a first date ever with a dude and he's like check comes around and just like you just tell the person it's one check. It's, it's one check. It's one check. Thank you. And then she brings it and you're like, oh, no, I was saying for you. you know? Could be funny. Um, this is a real problem. I mean, all of these I think are important. Another way we display love, do you understand that it's not just like a good thing to do, provide for your own? Brand? It's how you display love. Like, if we're just talking about like random opinions, obviously that's not important. But we're talking about how you display love for her is you provide for her when you're with her. You're not her provider yet because you are not the one that is leading her spirit. You haven't committed to her and made a vow to commit your lives and become one. Uh, the next thing that I think you can do when it comes to displaying love is establishing clear boundaries and not seeing how far they can go, both physically and emotionally. I did a really, really poor job of this in the first couple of months of Baker and I, first little while of Baker and I dating is like, I, w- like we were, my mindset is we're going to do that together. And the Lord, I'd be like, no, 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 um, you create, you Greg. You create the boundaries. You don't, if Baker's having to say something to you about any of that, you're in the wrong, you need to like really make sure you're on top of that. So what that means like very specifically is there ought to never be a time in, a, in the perfect dating relationship, okay? There would not be a time where she is having to tell you, I think we're doing too much. Physically or emotionally. What do I mean by emotionally? I mean like, uh, like deep, 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 Here's everything going on in my life. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're my baby. Like, da-da-da-da. Let's like like pump the brakes a little bit. Why? Because it is so important that we, again, let our love be tested and let it grow and let it be strengthened. That we don't just rush into something. And we don't ride down I-85 saying, I think I love you. It's just, It's terrible. But just to be clear, gentlemen, that is how you display love. You are the one that creates boundaries. Ladies, if you are having to wonder whether or not this is appropriate, it is time to consider, sit down with their, your leader or whoever, you and that person together and be like, I think we need to not date for a little while or whatever you want to call it. Take a break or not talk or yada, yada. You're just like, just don't, just stop. Why? You're like, that's a little, like, that seems like a little too serious, a little pump. Like panic button. It's like, yeah, exactly. You are, I'm telling you, the sexual immorality that comes from those kind of things, from experience, has so much potential to damage your mind in the way that you see your potentially future spouse. And so absolutely, uh, mistakes happen, mercy and grace for those things, no doubt. But ladies, if you're the one having to create that conversation, like, hey, I think it's getting... You need to, we just need to reassess. Gentlemen, it's on you to be like seeking the Lord, seeking the wisdom of older men in your life to know how to navigate that properly. Like that sounds really intense. It's like exactly, we're dating, we're pursuing someone's heart. Caring for someone's heart, it is. It's not just fun smartphone activity. You know, whatever the, I was gonna say the app, but I forget what the dating app is now, so whatever. Tinder, yeah, Tinder, okay. I'll lock that in the notes. Um, another way love is displayed, you guys doing good? Another way love is, uh, displayed in dating is, uh, looking after, for gentlemen, is looking after your physical appearance and hygiene. This includes your spaces, like how, I'm not, you know, I know everybody's got their preferences, they like, you know, I'm probably like cleanliness and all that kind of stuff, I get it, like some people... A little more whatever you want to call it. But I'm talking about like general, like looking after yourself. Because what that flows from, listen, when I don't take care of myself, what that doesn't flow from is me not knowing right from wrong. What that flows from is a deep well of me not being sure about how the Lord feels about me. Like a deep well of some sort of self-hatred. And I can only give to her what I actually live in. And so it's really important. There's no such thing as perfection, obviously, you know, like there's there's no like, it's not some standard with what you have to look like or like, I don't know, smell like or whatever. It's just like you, the general like wisdom, you know, I think we all know what that looks like, feels like, is like, if you don't know, just, I know this could be uncomfortable, but just ask. I don't know why there are certain things that become taboo not to talk about, you know, like, Hey, do you think I could take care of my body better? If you don't want to ask the person you're dating, ask somebody you trust.
1: Yeah.
0: Why not? Well, that's a little, you know, whatever. I don't know. Just ask. It's good to talk about. Mm -hmm. Better to be told the truth than you feel like crap about yourself for ten years. Yeah. -hmm. Mm -hmm. Proverbs talks about wounds from a friend can be trusted, Mm -hmm. and I I, Proverbs has been my jam recently. Mm -hmm. Since you talked about it the other day, I've just been like getting back in it because it's been a while. It's Um, It's amazing. One of the chapters begins by, uh, it basically says a son loves instruction, a fool hates rebuke and is stupid. And I'm like, (laughs) well, didn't know that was there, you know. Um, All right, looking after your physical appearance and hygiene. The next thing a guy can do is letting your yes be yes and your no, no. Um. Yeah, that's a simple one. Uh, another thing a guy can do is dress and speak in a way that does not welcome temptation. Mm-hmm. That includes what you listen to. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you guys get in the car going to date night or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, and what's playing is, like, music that's just talking about, like, doing horrible things to women. You're like, oh, no, it's, you know, does that really matter? The 100% it matters. 100%. And you're just like driving and you're like, I want to you know, treat this woman well and do this. And then in the background, again, just whatever's playing is playing. You guys know, I don't even want to talk about what you had said because it's horrible. And you're like, why do I have these weird, why is there this weird thing floating around our relationship where we're like so tempted? It was like, well, maybe all you guys listen to is people talking about doing the things you're tempted about. Yeah, maybe. I used to listen, just again, full honesty, Kendrick Lamar, brilliant. Just so smart, amazing, gifted, artistic, wonderful. Couldn't listen to a song without him saying something about whatever. And I know I get the heart, the art of it and all that kind of stuff. Heard the whole deal. What I know is that him talking about a woman that way is not good for my soul.
1: Yeah.
0: No. Period. I don't need to be lectured about the art of it and what hip hop is. It's horrible for my soul.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's just take a different genre. Uh, listen to Bonnie Iver. Brilliant. Amazing. Sorry if I'm raining on your favorite artist right now. Brilliant. Amazing. Whatever is coming off of him. Some of you went to a concert and found this out the hard way. Whatever is coming off of that, not good. Not good. And it would just fill my heart with all kinds of like, ugh, ick. You're like, wow, I guess I can't listen to a lot of music. It's like, well, if that's the hardest thing you got to give up. I really don't know what to tell you. I love music just as much as anybody, but there are things I just can't listen to because I used to try to like play the mixture of like doing whatever that's called Christianity and it just tore up my inside. And I would be so frustrated about being tempted in so many ways that I didn't want to be tempted and da 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 And the Lord just very lovingly, but clearly was like, well, let's look at what you let in.
1: Yeah,
0: And as I looked and I did this inventory of what I let in, I'm like, oh my God. Why did I think anything else would happen? It's like I got the word for 30 minutes to an hour in the morning and then blah, all day long. You know, and it's like, word's powerful, but you know, let's... Okay. Um, The last thing I wrote down that a guy can do is you show that you care through consistent communication and time spent.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Listen, this is a hard one for some guys because... You know, you've lived in your U you bubble all life for whatever you know, and you've just not had to worry about communicating to someone else other than maybe mom. Oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: and <laughs> I'm just saying, it's not bad. That's great. Some of it's fantastic, but like when it comes to like, I remember talking to somebody they were, they had just started dating, and people I love, they're married now. It's great, but people people I love and. She was having a really hard time. This is like a year into dating. They really, like, he's a great guy. They both love Jesus. He's, like, seriously a great dude. She's upset because she's like, I've tried to, like, talk to him about this. And, like, I feel like I just don't, like, hear from him throughout the day. And we're not saying we have to have, like, an hour-long conversation, that whole deal. I'm good with that, whatever. But, like, just like to know something. I was like, oh, well, like, I was expecting, like, he's just kind of short on the phone at the end of the day. (laughs) Or, like, Whatever. She, she was, I was like, so how often do you guys talk? She was like about like, you know, he'll like check in about every five or six days. Oh, um, and I'm like, well, that, yeah, that's a problem. And then, so this is it better. I went to him. I was like, Hey man, let's like talk about this. Do you know, like it might be good. Like I would understand if you were like, you know, in the military or like doing something over here, like you couldn't talk to her. That would make sense. But like, you know, I don't know what other jobs. The military was the first one that came to mind where you like actually couldn't That's, talk to somebody.
1: Yeah. I was like, <laughs> just really
0: trying to be understanding here, man. But like, I was like, is there a reason you like, I was like, is there a reason you don't, don't talk to her outside of like, like they would meet up at like, so they would get to like a public event that they were both going to. And he'd be like, what's up? And she'd be like, it would just be weird. Cause I'd be like, Hey, you know, and yeah, I was like, you are you're," and so he was like, yeah, I mean, I just, what do you, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, I understand for some of us, this is like new territory, yeah. gentlemen, but like what you're supposed to do is not think about what works for you. Mm-hmm. Think about what works for her. So it could be as simple as this. Hey, what would work for you? I'd do that. And he's like, well, I don't really like that. I remember telling him, I was like, well, did you ask her what she likes? And he's like, no, I was like, we'll do that. So he asked her and he was like well, this is what she said to me. And we were just like talking about this. He wasn't like looking for like answers, but he was like, this is what she said. And I don't really, I don't think I could do that. I was like, well, um," I think he actually said, I don't really like that. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter (laughs) at all, actually. So just do it, you know? And this is the beauty of like what it means to pursue and lay your life down is like preferences don't really matter in a lot of areas. So it was like, you don't like texting her in the middle of the day. I mean, you can maybe talk about it with her, but if she likes that and she wants to know what's going on, then just do it. Thanks. Showing you care through consistent communication and time spent. You know, I know that's not like, you know, love language, whatever, but like everybody loves to spend time together. Um, ladies, the list is actually shorter for you guys. Um, I don't know why, just, I don't know. But serving the Lord and uh, same first two things that I think how love is displayed on your end in dating. Honestly, I think the list is shorter because the the workload does not need to be on you in dating ladies. And that's like, I know that like sounds like, yeah, absolutely. But like, seriously, do you know the security it takes for you to actually live in that when you're dating? Mm -hmm. Like, well, things aren't the greatest right now. It's like, wow, you don't have the picture perfect little relationship. Big deal. Like you don't have to make your relationship great. You can be who you are in the Lord, do what you're called to do because you're complete in the Lord. And if he's, Oh. Learn things, let him learn. Serving the Lord, prayer, those two things both of you guys can do. Another thing that a lady can do to display love in dating is giving him the chance to lead. Mm-hmm. Giving him the chance <laughs> to lead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Respecting and honoring him. You know those little conversations you have with your friends about how you wish he would lead? Those probably shouldn't happen. Yeah, that's good. Ever. Well, like, no, I'm just sharing burdens. I was like, well, you can call gossip that, but it's not good. <laughs> and here's what happens. Like, and I know that sounds like f- funny because it kind of is, but also like when we're talking about those burdens and it's like, well, I wish you would just leave me. Da, da, da. You know what you're doing? You're creating worlds. Uh, the way it's said that I think is really accurate is you're creating worlds with your words. Mm-hmm. There is power in your tongue. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to believe you have any power, this is, but I know you believe you have power. I know you believe that the words that you say matter, not just when he's around. I think especially when he's not around, your words hold the most weight. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it can't be. Seriously, isn't it? No, I promise you, there's a spiritual realm that's so real and you sow into either darkness or light. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, like, the instruction not to gossip wasn't aimless random talk. He's right. like, mm-hmm. this really matters. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So you give him the chance in dating, how you display love towards him is you give him the chance to lead Respecting and honoring him. Uh, another way you display love and dating, ladies, is you have zero tolerance for physical boundaries being crossed. Zero. No, he's trying his best. None. None at all. What does that mean to have zero tolerance? It means to talk about it immediately if it happens. To him, and then if there is an, like, like if that needs to go somewhere, like you guys are all blessed as I think it would be best for everybody to have like people pastoring you and caring for you. If that is like a continual, like in any way, shape or form, like becoming like a thing in your dating relationship, zero tolerance. If you are having to, again, create those boundaries, we're in, a, we're in the wrong relationship. When I say you, I mean you as a, as a woman. If you're having to say, hey, you know what? We don't need to be on this couch alone. Let's say Kyla's dating someone. She's in this house. Just make it super practical for you guys. Kyla's dating someone, um, she's in this house, roommates go to sleep, you know, it's 11 o'clock. She does not need to be the one saying, we don't need to be on this couch alone at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Part of that's just like general awareness that you're two humans, like don't be stupid. I was like, this, some of the situations I would put myself in and Baker and I in, I'm like, what was I, like. Yeah. <laughs> silly, like of course I'm gonna be tempted. At 11.30 at night, the lights are off. It's me and her. My roommate's not here. What? Like, duh. How about let's not do that? I was like, well, I want to watch a movie. Well, try it in the middle of the day. Still the same movie. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, I really, I know some of these things seem like, if I would have heard stuff like this, I would be like, man, that's really like hard. I don't know. And I would have started to use the like, um, the everybody, make mis- everybody makes mistakes kind of like hard. I know that's a song, so don't yeah. start singing. The everybody makes mistakes thing. Like, it's just like, you know, you can't be perfect. And you start doing that. And I'm like, okay, take that little, like whatever that is, that little insecure thing of like trying to admit that you're going to fail before you do anything. Just take that, put that away and actually realize that freedom and purity is possible. You can live in it. And it's usually as simple as just being Somewhat intelligent, you know? It's just like, gosh darn it, what am I doing at 11.30 at night? So ladies have zero tolerance for physical boundaries being crossed. Ladies, you also can display love by guarding your heart until it's been proven that it can be trusted. I know guarding your heart tends to be made fun of, that phrase, but 100%, 100%, 100% 100 guard your heart. Until it's proven, it can be trusted. What does proven mean? I don't know. Let's you know some for some relationships that's two months. For some that's two years. Well, that sounds kind of hard. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to know what was not easy for Christ to do for His church? Pour Himself out unto death. Yeah. He didn't complain about it once. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So if your boyfriend has to wait. Three more months to want to know what's going on here. Boo hoo, you know? And it's not that you carry that with like this arrogance or anything. It's just that in your heart, you guard your heart because you're the Lord's. It makes it hard, I know. Um, The last thing I wrote down for ladies, how you can display love in dating is you dress and speak in a way that does not welcome temptation. I know you guys had a wonderful gathering about that yesterday. Uh, that is awesome. Shout out to Kendall, she's amazing. Shout out, shout out. Shout out.
1: everybody.
0: Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> <She> <laughs> I like how I said shout out to Kendall. She heard us for sure. But she just gets a text. All right. Um, another just practical kind of like, uh, and I know, like, listen, I'm speaking like these are like this is like house family talk kind of stuff, and so I under, I'm not defining dating for your friend who lives wherever. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. You're a son or daughter in the house that I care for. And so you better believe I have something to say for it. 100%. You um, men are are the ones that initiate and make known your desire to date her. There is no game of waiting to see if she's in. That's called uncommittal. That's called, you don't want to lay your life down for her. It's like, well, here's, here's what that means. It's like, I want to date Baker. I prayed about that for seven months after screwing up many relationships before that. So just to keep putting the disclaimers, like we're not talking about perfect record over here. But prayed about it for seven months and then waited until the Lord said it was okay to tell her I want to date her and make my intentions known to her. And when, it said, when I say make my intentions known to her, I don't mean, hey, I want to date you, so let's date like pressure packed. It was, hey, can I talk to you? We sit down and talk. I let her know, risking being told no. Or her just looking at me saying, oh, that's cool. (laughs) You know, imagine if I would have just went over there. This could have happened for sure. It's like, I, I want to date her. I have a desire to date her. I go over to her house. I talk to her in person. I don't send a text asking her to go on a date. That is no go. I go I talk to her, I say, "Hey, I, if you need help knowing how to do this, there's plenty of men who can help you how to do this in our body. But I go talk to her in person, and I say, "Hey, here's what's been on my heart. I've been praying about this. I really and I really feel like the Lord blesses it. I would love to date you. I would love to pursue you. I want to know you. Can we go on a date sometime soon?" Matter of fact, the first time we talked about it over on Wilmot was I just told her that, and I said, "Hey, don't, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to respond right now. You don't have to feel any kind of way. You let me know if you want to talk about this again. And then that was it. And she ended up like, we ended up having a conversation at that time, in that time, a little bit about it, but I just want you guys to like, see like what it looks like properly. I'm not saying you're going to like screw everything up if you don't do it that way, but I just want you to understand the nature of what it means to be dating ladies. I want you to understand the nature of what it means to be pursued. You're like, well, that creates, again, a pretty high standard. It's like, well, yes, I'm going to keep working my tail off and making disciples who love Jesus and seeing how many people can freaking follow Jesus in our city. And I hope there's more. You know, that's great. That's awesome. But like, listen, the Lord's going to form whoever it is for you. And he's going to take care of all of that. You don't need to worry about what the field looks like right now. Okay. It's just like, just get delivered from that silly carnal life. Stop talking about it. Stop worrying about it. Stop doing all that kind of stuff. View singleness as a gift and then know that there will be, how about trust that there will be yeah. a man that the Lord is going to bring to you. Um, when it comes to saying, I love you, not something to be talked about flippantly. When we say we love someone in the context of a dating relationship, what we're articulating is I am ready to lay down my life for you completely. Now look, if Holy Ghost has burned your heart and it's abundantly clear a month into dating, yippee yay let it rip.
1: <laughs>
0: but, but you better be darn sure that you love that girl. It's important. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? So important. This is not like a thing to like be just casually talking about. And if you're, you know, again... I really lose track of the dating thing right now. Who's dating and whatever? I don't even know if anybody's dating and all that kind of stuff at the moment. I think some people are dating. I know like the I know the obvious ones. Okay, I know Joseph and Nikki are dating. <laughs> but there's like outside of that. Sometimes I lose track. Okay, I'm trying to keep up, doing my best. But listen, what was I saying before that? What was I talking about before that? Um, love, love, love. Yes, love, love. When we're saying we want to, like, lay our life down for somebody, uh, it's a big, big deal. And so I just, I don't, we don't need to be, like, casually, like, texting about it and just talking about it and in our, like, friendships, like, just being, like, I don't know, just treating it lightly. I want there, I I think the Lord wants there to be, like, a reverence and an honor to that. That, you know, some of you, again, if I heard what I'm saying when I was just following Jesus, if I heard this, I would have called everything I'm saying so religious, and God, I was so insecure. <laughs> I just what it, what this is is threatening to my insecurity back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason I would have. I don't even know what religious meant. I just would have been like, asked for religious grace. Like, well, grace doesn't mean being a dummy. Okay. Any questions about dating? I want to talk briefly about attraction, and then we'll wrap things up. Any questions about dating?
1: I- yeah,
0: please. Yeah. Well, I know this is like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Claire,
1: when you said guard your heart, did you mean, what does that mean?
0: Mm-hmm. It's a good question.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And an important one because it is like something that just gets said.
1: Cool, because I think you alluded to that, meaning like. I don't, I don't know what you
0: mean. Letting someone uh, know you in a way that Christ knows you. So, like, <clears throat> they know the things you struggle with they know the things, I mean, they just know you to a degree or it's moving in the trajectory of the degree that Christ knows you, basically. So Christ knows everything about me and I don't guard my heart from him. Now, the only way I came to know Christ is opening my heart to him, right? And it's just like everything that I bring to him, when I'm not guarding my heart I, or when you as a woman would not be guarding your heart is when you're treating him the same way you treat the Lord in terms of like your heart's disposition towards it. And so think about the way that you like, open your heart up to the lord and know that that's not meant to look the exact same to him especially when you're dating even when you're married to a degree but especially when you're dating like there's supposed to be this part of this like it's not so much about like content and details as much as it is your heart's disposition i know that sounds kind of like airy and philosophical but like this is kind of the best explanation that I could give to it is like just not treating him the same way as Christ because he's not and he cannot be and does not need to be. He's to lead like Christ. Um, But a lot of times what ends up happening when you don't guard your heart is you start going to the man in the dating relationship the way you should be going to the Lord. And it's like, why are y'all talking about at 1130 the fact that you're insecure about the way that you, you know, you're, I don't know what, like you're, I don't know what the thing is, but whatever it is, yeah. I just don't want to go into the details of whatever it could be. I don't know what mm-hmm. they are, yeah, that's but good. That's really good. you know what I'm saying? Really okay. And then you start like going to him about those things and it just gets, that's when emotional boundaries. Yeah. That's what I mean by emotional boundaries is you guys start to become codependent on one another. Yes. And then you date for six months. And then before you know it, you're like, Jesus, who are you?
1: <laughs>
0: but you're like doing the thing, but then it's like, like doing the Jesus thing. And it's like, just all, it's just all kinds yeah. of messy and weird. And again, I would have called that so religious. Um, but yeah, another, another good reason, thing to guarding your heart is like, um, again, it like causes him to really work for it. The man who's pursuing you to actually know you, That's good. to actually learn how to ask questions, mm-hmm. to actually learn how to listen, like actually listen, not just hear. Um, any other dating questions? Yeah. The
1: like I love you thing, meaning yeah. I'm really my life down for you. That sounds in my
0: head. I'm like, wow, that should come at the same time as like someone present. Is it? Am I like? Yeah. Really, like,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, that probably wouldn't be a bad
0: idea. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I don't know. Yeah. There's no. There's no, There's no um one way with that. I knew. I do know what you're saying because it's kind of like you get into a, a dating relationship and it's like okay, like I really do. You know, like we were dating three months yeah and i was like i just know i love her and so i made a whole deal you know in a little parking garage and put a meal together and wanted to tell her i love her it was and then we dated for another it was more for than a that while. it was
1: like literally hundreds was, of flowers
0: it was a fun time. no i knew it wasn't but that's what
1: it looked like yeah. <laughs>
0: It wouldn't have been a yeah. bad proposal. It would this have been a good a one. I just <laughs> just a pre proposal. Proposing Hendrix, by the way. If you've ever eaten Hendrix, I proposed right there in that little bay window. It was cool. Yeah. It wasn't Hendrix. Anyways. Oh, well, um, the building. But yeah, Reba or Rebecca, that's a really good, it's a really good question. Um, I would say that there's not like an answer to it, so sorry. But... Um, <laughs> The reason, the re- I'll tell you the reason I kept on dating and we didn't get engaged mm-hmm. after I told Baker I loved her is because of part of what I was saying earlier is I wanted our love to be strengthened and our friendship to be strengthened. Um, but, uh, you know, looking back on it, I wouldn't have had a problem getting married earlier.
1: I'm like, because I was 19. Yeah, you're
0: 19. And, and, her, and her dad was, you know, not ready for that no.
1: yeah,
0: so I am not ready for that yet. Jacob.
1: Jacob.
0: Jacob. Jacob. Any other dating questions? All right. Let's talk about attraction and beauty. This one's going to be fun. Very, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit confronting, but probably, I think a lot of you guys kind of already, like, have, have a little bit of an awareness of this.
1: <laughs>
0: I not know what just happened over there. Um, let's just say this. Biblical attraction is about honoring the beauty in someone or something. That's pretty simple. Biblical attraction is about honoring the beauty in someone or something. Here's where it gets a little tough because this kind of, uh, I mean, as recently as this past year in marriage has convicted me in the way that I see Baker, perverted attraction is attempting, is about attempting to possess or utilize the beauty of someone for personal gain. Um, perverted attraction the way of the world, that's just a way to say like attraction in the world's way in the world's eyes <clears throat> is about attempting to possess or utilize the beauty in someone or even something. You could take this into an artistic standpoint that uh, something that is beautiful only it's called utilitarian. If you're you know, super into philosophy, um, a utilitarian mindset, which is what most of the world is dominated by says that something is only beautiful in, in so far as it benefits me. Mm-hmm. Or true beauty benefits me. Mm. Or you see something as good and useful, and that's beautiful. That's not the beauty of the kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Perverted attraction is about attempting to possess or utilize the beauty in someone for personal gain. This is going to get straight into what your mind and my mind had been by way of the world. Some of you guys lived pretty pure lives in your middle school and high school years. Your mind was still totally deceived by the realm of sin when it comes to sexuality and some of us really because of our past and I say this with like a ton of grace in my heart for sure and a ton of sensitivity in my heart but it needs to be said very clearly that the like patterns and the trauma in some of our lives really really clouded the way that we uh, saw beauty and attraction because what it programmed us if you were abused or if you took part like I did in sexual immorality with no moral compass at all I mean you guys, a lot of you know this, like, because uh, you grew up in the same kind of culture in your high school years and in the athletic world specifically, zero moral compass, say whatever, do whatever, talk, however, does not matter. And there was just no, like, there was no sense for right and wrong unless somebody got hurt and then kind of you would be upset or like, you know, feel bad it's like all oh, that girl that we you know she doesn't we don't talk to her anymore or I don't talk to her anymore and i guess i kind of feel bad about that but there's no real like moral compass and so what that does did to your mind and my mind was it totally renewed your mind in the realm of darkness and the realm of darkness in the area of attraction gives way to sexual perversion do you know the lord's intention for sexual activity was for a man to show and a wife to show each other affection for the purpose of procreating simple statement for sure but if you really take a second and understand that is literally the design it's it it's not oh my gosh that woman's beautiful I'm gonna go have sex with her that was not the Lord's design yeah. it's important
1: mm-hmm.
0: it wasn't who's really good looking that's the one I want to marry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 is that like way of thinking gets introduced from the realm of darkness where The way we think is a perverted way which sounds something again like attempting to possess or utilize the beauty of or in someone or something for personal gain and enjoyment. So the way of, I know it kind of like can feel a little, you know, uncomfortable, but let's just make sure we like live maturely. There's nothing that can't be talked about in the kingdom. That is what the way people view in the way of the world sexual activity is. I want to have an enjoyable experience. They're beautiful. Let's do it not the way of the kingdom. It's so perverted and more than anything it creates, the reason why sexual immorality is to be taken seriously in that sense um, is because it does something to my mind. Mm -hmm. The way Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians is every other sin is outside the body, sexual immorality is against one's own own body. All kinds of spiritual things take place when I give way to sexual immorality. Totally all of it can be forgiven and redeemed and absolutely covered by the blood My life, your lives are testimonies of that, but it's important we really like hammer home here some of these things. Mm-hmm. Attraction and sexual activity or desire are not the same thing. You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Biblical attraction, honoring the beauty in someone or something, yeah. and sexual desire and activity, not the same thing. In the way of the world, the, they're just intertwined in the kingdom separate we extol or talk about or praise the lord for his beauty because he is worth that because he is just so other so beautiful so unbelievably powerful and we don't worship him seeing what we can get from him i know that can feel a little bit uncomfortable to talk about but this is, we got to just talk about the things that kill everybody okay We extol him as beauty, beautiful and he extols his creation as beautiful, not so that he can get something out of it or we can get something out of it, but just out of pure honor and reverence yeah. and unbelievable appreciation. Isn't that holy and pure?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Come on, this has convicted my heart so much in marriage. So much. I was so immature in my mind when Baker and I got married, thinking about like sex and what that's supposed to be. And again, just didn't have much of a guidance there and get to learn through the word. But like sex still was something that was like so intertwined with attraction. And because of that, I found myself thinking in line with this so many times and having to repent so many times of like thinking about my wife as something to possess that benefits me. So we can like let the Lord renew our mind right now is the good news of this. Yeah. You know, it's like the amazing thing is that we can get in line with his heart for attraction. Uh, biblically, again, I said this earlier, but biblically sexual activity is a way we show affection to our spouse. What it's saying, what I mean by showing affection is when we are sexually active with our spouse and the reason why the Lord only says that it is to be with your spouse is because what we're saying when we're sexually active with someone is, I trust you, I am safe with you, I enjoy you, I want to serve you. You Don't just say that to anyone. Mm -hmm. Freely. You're saying that with your body when you're partaking in sexual activity. And so, talking about, like, guarding your heart, one of the things that, like, again, this does when we engage in sexual immorality, is we start to give our heart in so many different ways. The way Paul talked about it is when you give yourself to someone sexually, those two flesh become one flesh. What he means by that is you give yourself to another and you come under their influence, you come under their authority rather than living under the authority of Christ. Yeah. And it creates all kinds of confusion because in your mind, you want to live under the, compu- the, 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 the control of Christ, but then your body's functioning under the, the, the control of a screen or another human being. And what's behind all of that is just a lot of times just a misunderstanding of attraction. It's just getting your mind rewired by the Holy ghost. That attraction is about honoring the beauty in someone or something without regard for how it like benefits you. That is possible. It's honestly more enjoyable. Um, I, I, yeah, this thing in culture that says sex is like the pinnacle of your life. I just want to let you, sex is great. It's awesome. It is not the pinnacle of anyone's life. Mm -hmm. It's not, not meant to be more specifically. That's not because it stinks. It's because it's just not meant to be. And anybody who tells you it is, is just lying through their teeth Or or in the pits of deceit. Yeah. Pretending it's the pinnacle of their life. Um. gosh, so important because it is possible and like I said, more enjoyable to honor the beauty in someone or something without any regard to how that benefits me. I, like the Lord retraining my mind in this, I've seen like Baker as beautiful in ways that I like have a hard time articulating. So I try to write poems sometimes to articulate it or I just cry about it. But like the, like that it's not because like I want to, and I know this is like, you know, right crass kind of to the point, but like, it's not because I want to have sex with Baker later. It's because I, that's not why I'm seeing her as, be, as beautiful now. It's because my heart sees that she has beauty because she's made by God in his image. And I get to honor that. And that is an enjoyable experience 24 seven. Don't have to be in the bedroom alone for that. I can honor the beauty in her when she's taking care of Pete Pierce. I can honor the. <laughs> pe- when I was about to say peace, Pete, Pete, Pierce. Ours were hard when I was younger, guys. Sometimes that R impediment comes back. Um, but I can. Yes, yeah. Greg. Um, but but do you see how that like what that does is it actually opens you up to a joy that no sexual activity can create, a constant joy. And this it, it isn't like a, you don't just make up your mind to think that way. You need the Holy Ghost to rewire your brain. Yeah. Yeah. You need to repent. Yeah. You need to see, oh my gosh, yes, I have thought this way about attraction, that the only thing that I think is beautiful or amazing or wonderful is something that benefits me.
1: Yeah.
0: You know why? Um, here's a couple examples. Some of you guys are gonna love this, okay? Because um, you can practice this in your life some ways to uh, like practice living in biblical attraction and rewiring your mind. Um, some of you guys like to hunt. And Mickey's, like, Mickey's like, this has to be a joke. Listen, some of you guys like to hunt and gosh darn it, there are so many times I know the purpose is to go shoot an animal, but 90% of the time you don't shoot a darn thing. And that's good, that's awesome because you know what you can do when you're hunting? Just gaze at beauty. And I know some of you guys are like, that's not beautiful. I want to be in my bed at 4 a.m. It's like, good for you. But it's beautiful. Joseph will preach a sermon on it if you'll let him one day. Like being in a deer stand. It's like beholding the Lord's creation. You're like, how does that have anything to do with what I'm talking about? your mind getting rewired as you behold something as simple as a sunset. That's not really like, I know like practically you can make a case for how that benefits you. The sun comes up. Now you can see what you're doing. I get all that, but really what you're doing is you're beholding something. So other than you and you're like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you're not thinking about what is this doing for me? You're just lost in. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Another way you can do this. Just, I know some of you, you don't really like, you don't understand artwork. You're like, I could have painted that. It's like, well, try. Let's yeah. see. But that's kind of a joke. But like literally, go to a museum. We have a wonderful art museum in Columbia. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. It's super great. Doesn't matter what the exhibit is. Go to, to the art museum. Go to City of Art. Or is it City of Art or City Art? City Art, yeah. Um, they have great stationery, by the way, in City Art. But anyways, go to City Art or the art museum and just go look at paintings until your heart is stirred. Yeah.
1: Awesome.
0: And notice, just just notice this next time. This is I'm not saying this is a, a foolproof gauge of whether or not your heart lives in an area of perverted attraction, but a lot of times it is. Notice if you can't go sit in front of a painting that you don't understand what's going on and how quickly you move away. You're like, a lot going on here. This is stupid. Moving on to the next one. Like, oh, this is just a bunch of pain everywhere. I could have done thrown a bucket on that and created that. You know what I mean? What if you just sat there, didn't have a clue what you're really beholding, but just said, wow, this is amazing, and actually tried to let your heart be moved in that direction? I know you guys are like, oh come on, that sounds a little silly. Try it. And just notice how you can't appreciate something as simple as that because you're so rushed into figuring yeah. out what's going to be good for you, what's going to be good for you, what's going to be good for you. You need to slow it down. We're going to get that. To close a little bit here. Those are just some examples. There's plenty more. Okay. Those are just some examples of like kind of a paradigm shift there. Um, last thing here with this is just attraction is about respect, honor, and wonder. Sexual perversion stokes covetousness, lust, and pride. First John 2.16. You can go read it later. All the first John's great to read, but specifically first John 2.16 talks about the lust, um, of the eyes, the pride of life. Um, Really important stuff there to understand like what is really going on when our heart and our mind is living under a perverted understanding of attraction. Um, what has the ability to quench the spirit in this area and we'll kind of end with these things and then we can do as much conversation or as little as you'd like in terms of questions. In this area of attraction, what has the ability to quench the spirit? Because here's what happens. You can get like filled with the Holy Ghost, totally rewired. And then that work can be, that work of the Holy Spirit can be quenched. Yeah. Just, I mean, this is like, I don't know, I know I repeat this a lot, but like you, you participating matters. Like yeah. the, the truths of the kingdom don't just like hit you.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's like, whoa, got it all now. You know, yeah. it's like you hear about them and then you participate. And so you can do things that quench the spirit in this area of your life, meaning you can sit in this room, you can go home later, the Lord can rewire your mind, and you think according to his word and his heart for humans, for beauty, for people, for everything. And then you do that for a week, and then you make a habit of quenching the spirit, and then you're back in the same place of thinking according to like a perverted way of attraction. And that can be very frustrating, or it could just be pretty simple you just have power freedom doesn't mean like just passivity you know yeah. freedom means you now have authority Very good. what has the ability just, just some examples of a, in this area of attraction what has the ability to quench the spirit in this area believing the lie that you need to be sexually active there is so much garbage said about the physical need for a human being to be sexually active? You're like, I don't believe that. Consider whether or not you believe that. Do you believe you have authority over your physical body? Paul, <laughs> Paul says it ruthlessly. He's like, listen, when it comes to sex, everybody should be able to handle their own vessel properly. But if you can't do that, I guess you got to get married. It's like, well, he's trying to hammer home. Like, listen, you are too like the, in the kingdom, you're not like drug around by your desires and whoever's feeding you that stuff is a liar. I believed that for so I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm a guy, I'm a guy. It's like, what, what am I saying? It's like no, I'm a new creation who has authority and has been made pure and is free and is holy and knows the Lord. That's who I am. I'm not a guy drug around by my desires. Yeah, if you want to be that person, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Mm-hmm. No amount of me preaching or someone else preaching or quiet times or whatever is going to help you understand that you have the ability, you have the authority to think differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Believing the lie that you need to be sexually active quenches the spirit. Uh, consuming all different forms of entertainment that casually advocate for sexual freedom. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. It's Spotify. Okay. I'm not saying like delete everything, whatever. Okay. So like, again, don't hear right and wrongs, Hear wisdom. Just, you need to be aware how casually Mm -hmm. things are talked about. I get on Spotify the other day, new music Friday, right? The new music Friday they got your uh you release radar thing or you like the ones for you mm-hmm. and then the ones that everybody else is like for the rest of the world top of the everybody else was a woman in a thong just on a stripper pole i'm like i it's five am I just want to see if upper room freaking release a new song <laughs> and this is it's like, how does this happen and Listen, the, the, the point isn't like run away, run away, run away. Oh, my gosh, everything's bad. The point is you need to wake the heck up and realize that the way the world talks about being sexually active is just so casual. And you do not need to play any games with it.
1: Yeah,
0: any. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, is it really that big of a deal that somebody's talking about their private parts in the song? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. It's horrible. Consuming all different... Is it really that big of a deal that I watch a movie that just, you know, has sex scene after sex scene after sex scene? I wouldn't do that. And I'm like, you know i appreciating the, the movie, the film. It's like, well, read about it. Were you like, you know, Oppenheimer, so excited to see it. I was excited that Christopher Nolan's a genius, good, good, good filmmaker. Usually his films are so freaking pure in, in terms of like, you know, I'm sure they're not, but like whatever. In terms of like sexual immorality in the movie, None. Somebody, Wesley tells me, yeah, there's a like 15-minute sex scene in that movie. I'm like, what? So I go look it up. And, you know, nowadays, listen, there's some wisdom out there. You can go look something up, find out when something's going to happen in a movie. So I look it up. I'm like, dang it. Do I really have to cancel this? Because I was ready. If that's the case, we weren't going to watch that. You know, it was on Baker's birthday. So that, you know, was ultimately her decision. But we were going to probably not watch that. Um <laughs> But there's this, like, scene, so sort it's of, like, go look it up. It's like, okay, this time, this person doing this. And it's like, we sit up at the top of the movie theater, and we make sure that this is happening. And this is happening. And the lady next to me probably thought I was just a weirdo. But who the freak cares? I don't want to see. And I'm like, Baker and I are looking at each other like, is it done yet? <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> And, like, thankfully, that was, like, the only, that was, like, like the only time. And, like, like, that was was pushing it.
1: It It was, like, one one minute
0: long. Yeah, it was not 15 minutes. Wesley, Wesley (laughs) freaking lied to me. It was, like, 30 (laughs) seconds, which is, again, like, that's why I looked it up. Found out. I was, like, okay. So we're talking about something that I can exit the movie theater in. We even sat at the top row of the Nickelodeon so that we could just. But we didn't have to do that because it was so short and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to see, like, we're to take this kind of stuff seriously. Um consuming all different forms of entertainment that casually you can know, go like dude freaking i know i'm getting on a bit of a tangent here i know it's getting a little hot but seriously on netflix and whatever the other streaming thing is we have i think it's um hulu like temptation islands the first advertisement that you i'm like what the freak is this this is the first thing if pierce picks up the remote Goes to Hulu when he's 16. That's the first thing that shows up. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And what we don't need to do about that is complain about it and act like you're a victim to it. Yeah. 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 What you do need to do is wake up and not treat that as like normal. That's just the way it is. You know, it's 2023. It's like, no, 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 That's not normal. By the way, if you're watching dating shows, I'll get to that in a
1: second. <laughs>
0: Have to. I mean, I'm sorry. Just have to. Have to. All right. Last two. Last two. Last two. Last two. What has the ability to quench the spirit in this area? What has the ability to to quench the spirit in this area? Being rushed and making no room for uh, appreciating beauty. I mentioned that earlier. Um, Dude, if you ever want to, like, Donovan probably could show you a million things that are beautiful in our city. So just get out of it. A lot of times it's not that you don't want to go. Like behold beauty is that you think you need to live in such a rush yeah. and you don't. Yep. Yeah. Good. I don't care how many kids and how many, like, listen, stop talking about your job. Like it's so important. It's like, we get it. It's important. Just relax. Like you're, you're not the CEO of any, just relax. Just, it's a good job. Okay. Stop being so rushed and just find some time to behold some beauty. Get into deer stand with one of these guys, you know? Come on. <laughs> I honestly just said that just for you guys. Greg, Come this
1: year. <laughs> I,
0: I did last year and yeah. I'm not going to lie, man. It's not my thing, but <laughs> I don't know if that was because Devlin was my guide and I had to be there and he was, oh God, you know, scary. No. yeah, was, and a whole nother conversation. All right. Last thing is we, this is important and this is going to feel really, uh, gosh, this is a, this is another reason why I want to disclaim what I'm saying right now is not for everyone else. This is for the sons and the daughters that have entrusted themselves to the authority in our house. I would never say this to somebody I don't know or somebody I don't like have some private message. The last thing that can quench the spirit in this area of our life is taking any advice or mixing any advice from unbelievers with the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So in the realm of attraction, taking any advice, you're like, come on now people are, they're smart. Mm -hmm. They're wise. They mean well. It's like, this great don't care doesn't need to does not need to inform how you see anything from dating to singleness to especially attraction. there's mm-hmm. like oh no my my grandma I know she's not a believer she doesn't mean anything bad. disregard everything I know well, I don't know that grandma's a weird thing to pick there, but whatever
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but this includes like TV shows about dating, especially, I'm not joking. I know this can quickly become a joke. Just 100%. I'm glad to talk to you about this. Stop watching it immediately.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Because it is quenching the work of the Holy Spirit in your mind. Yeah, I know. I'm just listening to somebody talk about a rose and give it to whoever and blah. It's like, this is, this is exactly the perverted attraction we're talking about. Yeah. And who cares if somebody thinks that's religious? Do you want a holy mind or do you want this weird, weird, confused, chaotic, unbelievably frustrating life of sexual immorality? It's like, does a show really matter? Yes. Does someone's advice really matter all that much? The answer is yes, it does. It genuinely does. And so I want you guys to just... um, When it comes to like taking advice or mixing any advice from unbelievers with the way of the Lord, that's not to be like taken with a hard heart. That's not like because other people stink or somebody's awful or whoever's, you know, this is what a lot of people do with that is you hear something like that. And it has the potential to stoke true hypocrisy and religion inside of you. And true hypocrisy and true religion is you trying to go tell whoever's living like an unbeliever who is an unbeliever, how they shouldn't be living like an unbeliever and judging them while you consume it. It's like, What the heck is happening? It's like, of course they're going to operate this way. They don't know the Lord. Yeah. So we just put that aside. We're not here to judge that as much as we are to like realize and be operating in a way of wisdom of not coming under that. Um, that feels pretty like I don't know what, I guess like intense or something, but it's just like, that's a pretty simple thing that needs to be ironed out when it comes to taking any advice or mixing any advice. I think most of you guys wouldn't like fully submit yourself to any other kind of like whatever. But if it's not like a spirit filled believer, you do not need to mix any advice with the way of the Lord. You guys, especially the amount of shepherds you guys have is borderline not healthy. (laughs) Like, I've genuinely considered... I've genuinely considered to be like, okay, let's just... Only two. You know? Because you guys, if you... I mean, you all have this person to call, and you got this person to call, and you got this person to call, and then you got, call, then you got all these friends who are just as wise and just... And I mean, it's amazing. And it's before you know it, you don't have too much people to talk to. And so you guys... Like, this would be hard for people who don't have a shepherd here, but they still would need to know it. Stop taking advice from other people. But gosh darn it, you especially, what the heck are you doing getting any advice from anybody other than the people in the house of the Lord?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What? <laughs> you know? And I know, I know, I know. You know, again, it feels kind of like, oh, that's like a little... I don't know. We're talking about following the Lord, you know? he's He deserves everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Everything. Um. All right. That's all I've got. I know that was a good bit. I just kind of wanted to put it all before you. I don't know if that's what you kind of were expecting in a gathering like singleness dating and attraction. Any questions? Thank you. That's sweet. Any questions before we all leave? You don't have to ask questions right now. I know a lot of you probably process things and then ask questions. Um, I do want to say this. If you have been or are in a dating relationship and anything that I said really got to you, like you're feeling a little bit of sideways about it, I would love to talk to you about it. But mo- before I talk to you about it, I think you should go sit with the Lord and I think you should talk to him about it. I think you should also know that chances are what you're not feeling when you hear something that's challenging, especially in this environment, because I know it's coming from me and us is love. What you're probably not hearing is condemnation. You might just be confusing condemnation with actual conviction. That's
1: good. That's
0: good. And that's not, again, you know, A lot of times, in my past, I called things condemnation (laughs) that were just literally conviction. I was like, ah, condemnation. It's like, what? It's like the the card to play when you just feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know? It's like, get me out of this and I feel weird, you know? They're condemning me. It's like, no, he's just telling the truth, and it just kind of hurts, you know? The Lord's really good at walking you through how to live out that truth, if it's truth. and so certainly, again, I i like, obviously love to talk to you about all that kind of stuff, but I'm not like a, a dating wizard or anything, so talk to the <laughs> Lord about it. Um, but that being said, any questions right now or anything that some of you guys who lead in our house churches, who have been given leadership in our house, you would want to add to that, you're more than welcome to. Again, I know it's getting a little late, but I like a late night, <laughs> which is nine.
1: <laughs> which is in ten minutes.
0: Yeah, so you got 10 minutes. No, ten minutes. <laughs> Anything at all? Um, all I, to, specifically, to um, when you're talking about uh, singleness being a gift, dating being a gift, marriage being a gift, children being a gift. The thing that makes a season of life a gift is that it either I either learn more about who he is or it makes me more like him. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's not, nothing that's making me a gift. Yeah. It's a that's amazing, man. Yeah, Pierce is a gift, not because he, he is certainly beautiful and amazing, but him being in Baker and I's life has done exactly that.
1: Yeah.
0: It's amazing. That's great. What else? No. Oh, no. I thought that was <laughs> to. <laughs> All right, I love you guys. Um, be blessed. Have fun. Cool.